0: for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 Tennessee
1: Tennessee 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 Lord, I've really been real stressed Tory and Francie are here with us to talk about another horrific uh, bill among many and let me just set it up by saying what it is it's by uh, Mark Pody and one of my favorites, Jerry Sexton, a Tennessee legislator who suggested white people may become slaves one day uh, is introducing a bill to allow men to stop abortions it's H.B. 1079 and SB 0494. Francie, Tori, thank you for joining us today. Will one of you tell us exactly what this bill is?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I can I can jump in there. I mean, this is essentially, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out a good name for it. We've, we've gone around and round. Right Today, it's like a forced birth bill or an impregnator permission bill. Um, but essentially, it's an unconstitutional, insulting bill that would give the suspected impregnator veto power over another person's abortion decision. In essence, that's that's kind of what it does. And, you know, so, and you know, and from our view, and I think most Tennesseans view, because most Tennesseans actually do um, believe in uh, allowing a person to make their own private medical decisions. You know, a pregnant person must have the ultimate control over their body. And their pregnancy. I mean, hands down. And so this is this, you know, very insulting, dangerous bill um, would make it so that, you know, pregnant people wouldn't have the power to make our own healthcare decisions, you know, and essentially would be handing it over to. Um, another person. And we don't think like not a judge, not a partner, and certainly not even a rapist, regardless of paternity, which is not required um, in this bill. Um, you know, we're allowing these Tennessee politicians um, to to overstep, you know, and, and they couldn't be more uh, out of step with what we really need when we're suffering from Governor Lee's botched response to the pandemic. Um,
1: it's it's really wild. First of all, I, I should comment on your hat. Thank you for wearing that hat. Yes, it really, it really looks okay. good.
2: It was my
1: Christmas <laughs> uh, present to myself. Yeah, I
2: love
1: uh, it. Uh so Jerry Sexton, a couple of his greatest hits are you know, he wants to designate the Holy Bible as a state book of Tennessee, ban same-sex marriage, obviously, preserve Confederate statues. He also just recently had a one uh, of the state or had the state purchase hospital gowns at inflated prices manufactured by his furniture company, which is really interesting. And he also once said to me, when I asked him about David Bird, who apologized on tape for abusing girls, uh, he said, we all make mistakes. So that's who we're dealing with here. <clears throat> is there any sense you know, there any sense of shame by these guys that they're two men proposing this thing? Like, you would think they would find a, a woman, Tori, to at least make this look a little bit better.
3: Well, you know, and I think the hypocrisy is just compounded when you look at the fact that um, these are the same types of legislators, their same ilk, who are proposing bills that um, allow uh, an individual person to have full control over the firearms that they own and where they them and how they use them right um but when we look at a person's body and the decisions that most deeply impact their lives and the lives of their families right um everybody has to be involved in that decision so don't tell me how to use my gun but you know um, we're going to be sure that everybody's involved in the decision and i think that just underlines that that what this is about is power and control. yeah
0: i i think that that i i totally want to echo that, too, because I think that this is one of the bills more so than maybe even others, even though it's always been obvious that it's about control. It's pretty transparent. But this one, I feel like is even more obvious because it's like it, it just gives the man again without even without even requiring a DNA you know, test for paternity. You know, obviously the whole thing is, is fucked up, but they don't even require that. It's just it's so apparent with this bill that that is just they're saying the quiet part out loud. This is just about control.
2: And, you know, and think about and think about what this does to your relationship, right? Because we know that pregnant people take these decisions very seriously. They're often in consultation with their partner, with their family. They're usually doing it guided by their own faith. Obviously, they're doing it with the guidance of their physician. And what does that do? to the relationship when, you know, usually in a relationship, you want to come to terms on a, on a fair and equal basis. Like I'm real, you know, I, I don't think I'm ready to, you know, carry this child to term. We already have several children. I don't want to have another one, you know, cause more, most abortions happen from people who already have children. You know, we are, you know, and you want that partner to really say, no, I, you know, if they really do feel like I really want to have a growing family for you to deliberate about that in a serious manner. And what does that do to that negotiation when that other partner has such um, coercive power to say, and if you don't agree with me, I can take it to the state. You know, that is incredibly dangerous. And what does that do to the woman? You know, or that pregnant person, you know, it a will silence that person and they're probably not going to say anything. I mean, what does that do to the relationship? You know, and it doesn't really allow true openness to to actually think about how you want your family to be grown or not. You know, so um,
1: those are all really good points. And one of the things that I saw coming back when we posted about this bill and it made national news, by the way, Huffington Post and the cut and all kinds of publications have picked it up, but was, you know, if they're going to do that, then men should also have to prepay for 18 years of child support and, you know, all kinds of expenses that go along with this. And also, (laughs) you know, the idea that they don't have to prove through a DNA test that they're the father. I mean, it's it's absolutely wild how much they want to put on the woman here and how little they want to take onto the men. And, you know, it always brings up the point which is if they were really pro life they would be for things like medicaid expansion you know paid leave things that actually help women make this decision not making it illegal and but- you know if there if you can can you tell us a little bit about you know some of the other things that are out there that actually w- would help women and would actually have an impact on this
2: Absolutely. Well, I also want to, I want to make one quick other point, which I think is a feminist point. So I'm going to, I want to make that. Like, I think one of the things that stirs people up about this particular bad bill, um, is that it, it really, uh, focuses on taking the power away from, you know, to genderize it here, women, you know, and, Uh, takes away any leverage that she may have in coming to the table to say, this is what I require in order for me to carry the term. I'm going to need you to get a job. I'm going to need you to stop drinking or fooling around. I need a wedding ring. I mean, whatever it might be right. Like to truly have that level of leverage without having another person say, this is the, this is the condition in which you're going to raise this kid. That's maybe by yourself, which a lot of children are. So anyway, I I wanted to say that. Um, yeah, I think that there are a lot of um, good bills out there that that could be focused on. I know that um, Representative London Lamar has a uh, a bill that recognizes doulas as healthcare um, professionals, which will, I think will help uh, more people have access to doula doula care. Um, you know, there's there's um, you know other ways to support incarcerated women uh, and making sure that they're getting mammogram support. Uh, and things like that. You, and I have to say, like, in, in terms of all of the bad anti-abortion bills out there right now, um, this impregnator permission bill or the forced birth bill is kind of least of our worries. It's the most defense. I would say it's the most defensive. But there are other other um, pieces of legislation that I do want to raise on the on the show real quick. So people are aware um, there's a fetal remains burial bill. Um, By Senator Bowling and Representative Rudd, uh, which is essentially a bill that's meant to shame people by requiring fetal remains to either be buried or cremated. Um, There's another pregnancy and birth coercion bill, which would require um, the pregnant person to complete a consultation, which would coerce birth uh, by the Department of Health. And they're not they're forbidden to speak about abortion as an option. I mean, we know logically you can carry a term, you can adopt or you can. Uh, have an abortion. And they they um, will not talk about that uh, abortion as an option. So it's not truly consultation. Um, there's another personhood bill, which is really weird by Senator Bell and Representative Terry. Um, and this inane misleading bill states that a person cannot sue due to wrongful birth or wrongful life by claiming that they should have been aborted, which seems weird but when you look a little closer it's in effect a uh, the harm of this bill is basically defining the fetus as a person so that's kind of what they're trying to do in code unless there's another um thing that they're wanting to change later on through an amendment and then finally you know pody why why, why stop there he's got another bill which is essentially another six-week abortion ban um and it would uh it's basically it would um uh, ban abortion once a fetal heartbeat is detected. So even though they already passed that last year, he, he wants to do it again. In fact, they're so adamant about it. There are two Senate sponsors already on two different bill filings with the same exact language of the bill.
1: One, one of the amazing things about Pody is, I've been up on the hill a few times recently and dude won't wear a mask. He's so pro-life that he won't even wear a mask to take care of the people around him. <laughs> Uh, You know, it's so hypocritical. He's also somebody, there's a video of him saying that he believes he's fighting Satan, which I don't think he's alone in that. We understand Um, that
2: feeling, Cody.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, so, and then we also recently had Governor Lee attack, or not attack, but troll Kamala Harris saying, you know, abortion isn't healthcare. So he gets involved in this. Obviously they feel like this is a, a winning issue for them. Uh, one that I believe a lot of them actually do genuinely care about, though. You know, I don't think it's all trolling. I, I You know, I've had some genuine conversations with people who are on the other side of this issue. Uh, when you talk to people who are supporters, you know, what are some of the ways that you talk to people when they're not supporters? Like, you know, is there is there are there myths to dispel? about abortion in general i know this is a third rail topic so many of the to- so much of the time but is there a way to keep that from being the truth
3: yeah i mean i think one of the things is like we need to have real conversations about abortion right so i think unfortunately at this point in time there are a lot of just flat out lies out there right about what abortion is about who has abortions um you know one in four cisgender women in this country will have an abortion by the age of 45. That is a lot of people, right? And I think that we lose sight of that. And I think that a lot of folks that write this type of legislation who, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think some of them genuinely care about families. I think a lot of them uh, don't. But, you know, sure. for those do, I think they could start by talking to pregnant people, Yeah. You know? or by talking to people who have had abortions, people who have not had abortions, but have had families, you know, like, and I think these conversations um, are not happening, and I notice that there's a lot of room for empathy building when you actually start conversations by saying, "You know, I am a, I am a person who's had an abortion, or I my best friend has had an abortion. Let me tell you about it, or you know, whatever um, whatever that that might be."
0: I think right. that's such a good point. That's a because I think that like. You know the work. If there's work to be done, like one of the big areas, and um, obviously you guys are experts on this, but is is to like kind of get rid of the stigma as much as possible. Like I know it's it's really difficult for a lot of people to talk about, but like if someone feels comfortable and if they're in a position where they can talk about it, that seems like it's an important aspect to this because it's really it's. I mean, it's kind of frightening just how far the argument has slid in the conservative direction. You know, in the past fifty years or so. I mean, we really are like. You know, or those of you know, those of us that like like myself that are um, you know pro-choice, the argument has just really we've lost (laughs) like a lot of ground on this argument, Um, and the fact that state legislatures have been able to like claw like claw back um, at a lot of this is something that I think that you know. I mean, you, you you both know this better than anybody, but at least for the rest of us, you know, I think for a long time we just kind of took Roe versus Wade and the other, you know, bills that have upheld this just for granted for a long time without, you know, really focusing on it the way that conservatives have. It so
1: it seems like a lot of it is is myth busting too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the one that I see all the time and it really drives me nuts is, you know, that Democrats want to kill live babies, you know, that third trimester thing, which is really not right. remotely true. And I have a really close friend who went through that, who is pro-life and, you know, gave birth. The baby just wasn't viable, had to make the toughest decision of her life, still visits the grave every single year. It's a huge, it's a huge part of her life. And that's who they're calling a murderer when they say this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's really vile and ugly and but I, I agree with Cassie like I think telling those stories and putting faces on it is a really important thing to do and it's it's got to be hard for women to tell those stories a lot of the time.
2: Exactly and you know and Tori could speak to this I mean the the problem with such extremism that we see from Trump, from the Republican party in particular and also what we're seeing with the supermajority at the state level is that that level of hate you know hatred um, vitriolic uh policymaking results in violence on the ground i mean we saw that i we came in and heard of you know you all talking about the insurrection but you know Tories in Knoxville where we had a shooter shoot down our door
1: right yeah. Right. Well, wow. let's let's. I actually meant to ask you about that. Can you tell us a little bit what ha- about what happened there, and did they ever find the guy?
3: Yeah. Um. So not yet. You know. Um. This is it's still an ongoing investigation. But. um wow. Yeah. We came in on the the Roe v Wade anniversary back on um, earlier that you know in January um, to the the front door shot out, and I I'll tell you I am from East Tennessee. I have lived here all of my life, and um, you know when people ask me what it's like abortion access work in the south. I mean, I tell them it's it's difficult, but um for the most part I feel so supported by my community and you know this day that day was a, a terrible day and I think it uh playing um, yeah, I was I was happen in the that I've called home for 15 years. And um, I will say that I think Knoxville really stepped up. You know, we had people coming by, bringing food and flowers and cards and sending donations. And so um, that really like helped my spirit get through those tough days. But but I think as Francie said, you know, you've got people like um, this guy, Ken Peters, who moved to Knoxville from Washington six months ago. And I think there is no lack of coincidence uh, in the fact that who has been spewing this violent anti-abortion rhetoric moves to my city, and um, and within six months of that, uh, our first incident of clinic violence ever occurs here in Tennessee. And he was part of the insurrection as well. Absolutely.
2: And wow. He,
0: yeah, us- I
1: just I just actually watched a video of him talking about the insurrection, and you know, talking about his connection to the Pillow Guy and all that stuff. So. You know, it does seem like there's sort of a cottage industry that has sprung up around you guys, frankly, and you know, and and this kind of uh, rhetoric. He he considers himself a pastor, so a lot of it is sort of couched in in religiosity and and you know what they deem to be. But but I will say, you know, when I ran for Congress, when I was run, I ran in a very conservative district, and this was the issue that came up more than anything else and you know if there's a barrier to you know progressives winning more seats in this state it seems like this issue is the number one issue so you know figuring out how to talk about it and and putting a face on it seems like a really important thing to do and you know i know that a lot of people appreciate the work that you guys do thank you Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, well, we appreciate you coming on here. Cassie, do you have any other questions for them? And if you guys would definitely let us know how people can help put pressure on uh, the, the people that are carrying those like this. And, and you know, it, it's always like drinking from a fire hose when legislature is in session to try to figure out who to talk to about what and what's going on. So any way that we can help focus that, you know, we, we want to be helpful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I would encourage all of your viewers who are watching this, if uh, if reproductive health and rights is is one of your top issues. I mean, share this show out on your social media so more people watch it and more people learn about what's going on. That's the first step. Um, You know, you can like us on any of our socials. We're with Tennessee Advocates for Planned Parenthood or Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi. Find us and we'll be posting action steps uh, on those outlets.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. And Tori, email me your address. You can't be the only one without a hat here. So we'll send you a hat. <laughs> yes. I love
0: that. I
1: love you. All right. Sounds good. Thank you both for joining us. Really appreciate it. Take care. Stay safe.
2: Thanks Thank for what you do.
1: Bye. All right. So, you know, that's definitely, to me, the biggest issue uh, that progressives have in Tennessee is, is, you know, and, or or making ground in rural parts of Tennessee. I should be more right. specific. The
0: biggest uphill you know, battle.
1: The biggest sure. uphill battle is that issue right there. And you know, I don't claim to have all the answers. I think we we try to regularly talk about that one quote that uh, we heard on Afton's show, right? Which was that uh, I'm going to forget <laughs> this too. Wait, no, I got this one. It was it? Uh, Republicans try to make abortion illegal. Democrats try to make abortion unnecessary. Yeah. And, you know, that I think is a pretty good summary of, you know, not, not I, I don't want to, I hope it doesn't stigmatize it at all, but I think it just talks about how a lot of the progressive policies, paid leave, raising the wage, that kind of thing are to help people make that decision because it's such a difficult decision. And so often it's a financial decision. It's like Francie said, they have kids and you know they can't afford to have another kid or, you know, they don't have the help to have another kid and healthcare exactly. So, you know, I just I I feel like that's a good summation. And I think I remember that on Afton's show it was actually a conservative woman coming to the realization Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: her sister had one that that was the situation her sister was a lesbian i think is what it was and she started to come to terms with democrats a little bit more yeah. to